0: thanks for listening to the roman circus podcast a weekly dive into death defying discussions of catholic culture tradition and history i'm matt baker and with me as always is an exciting new project that i am proud to announce zach mabry zach how are you my friend matt i'm so good so good you can find us on twitter at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey It's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z A C Mabry. Email us podcast at Roman blog.com We're on Patreon, Patreon.com slash Roman Circus Pod. Find us on iTunes, rate and review us if you get a chance. We're also on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are found. Zach, this past weekend I had the pleasure of meeting. Former and future guests of the show, Katie McGrady, her husband Tommy, Father Anthony Sharappa, Patrick from The Crunch. I met uh, Jonathan Blevins and Father Dan Beeman. They were in town for a youth ministry conference, and I got to go over there and hang out. It was great to put faces to podcasts.
1: Wait, so were they all there for the same reason
0: they were all there for the same reason
1: well that's wild
0: right it makes it really efficient when a bunch of people come into town for the same reason and then i can just kind of you know go to one place to see them
1: yes that's so true it's so true
0: yeah it's pretty great um yeah great people really enjoyed it now i'm i'm watching four dogs our neighbors are out of town watching dogs um so if you hear any barking or any shenanigans it's four dogs so
1: it's crazy dogs be barking
0: dogs be barking what's up with you got any news for us got any zach mabry updates
1: um i don't know today i, I did some uh i did some community service to feed the hungry at work
0: hmm Yeah, does that so that
1: was fun what
0: what does that mean
1: um we it's this, uh, this organization called like Feeding Children Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually came and brought all their stuff to American, and then everyone that volunteered like we were bagging meals, like ma- making these like meals to were uh, you to be sent out you... to people. We made fifty thousand meals.
0: That's amazing. Did you? Make sure to go ship some to those kids who can't pay their elementary school lunch bill and are just getting hit, like you know, hit over the head with clubs until they pay back. That issue makes me so mad. Okay. It does.
1: Have you seen? Did you listen to the Helmix? They did like a full overview.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. Helmix are great. We're Helmix Helmix fan podcast.
1: Yes, we do love the Helmix.
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty ridiculous
1: Yeah, so that's what I've been up to And then, actually, um, this weekend, my old roommate, former roommate, got married So that was exciting mm. Yeah, so he's now a married man
0: He did that thing where you go to a wedding every few days
1: Yes It's it's just cool, though, especially, like, the next day I, was I like, texted my friend, and I was like, dude, you and her are related now because God did a thing yesterday
0: Yeah their li- life completely changes in an in instant right i
1: know it's so cool so mm-hmm. very cool um so, and then jeremy mcclellan uh was here for a show this weekend right so we got to hang out for a little bit which was fun um and then after we parted ways dallas went through this like crazy storm mm-hmm. and so hundreds of thousands of people lost power and There was some issue with airport GPS, and so I went and picked Jeremy back up at, like, 11 to bring him here. And he couldn't get another flight out until Tuesday, so he got to hang with me the next two nights. Amazing. I know.
0: How'd he feel about that? You introduced him to The Bachelor?
1: We did. The the Bachelorette.
0: Oh, Bachelorette. Yeah, 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 my bad. So
1: I I had never seen uh, any of the Bachelor or Bachelorette shows until... um, Uh, this year when a friend of mine was like no really you would like it because the people there's just so much about them to judge right and i was like i don't judge people (laughs) um so i didn't think i would like it but uh it's wildly entertaining also i mean it's not too i mean because it's not explicit because it's on prime time even Mm -hmm. though they do get explicit but uh I mean the values are strange. Um you know, but uh I don't know. I've no, you you've seen it before too.
0: Well, I just started this year too. So this is I watched the last bachelor and I'm watching sort of this bachelorette. I'm not a fan of the bachelorette this season. I find her kind of you know, I don't know, not a fan. So I i missed a few episodes and I haven't real really felt sad about it, but The
1: crazy part is when they're like, I don't know if so-and-so's here for the right reasons. Like, they say that Uh, so often. Right. And I'm like, what are the right reasons to go on something? Like, there's no right reasons to be on The Bachelorette, people. Well, she,
0: yeah, I mean, the very first episode, she kicked off a guy in the middle of the show for lying about having a girlfriend or, like, going on a date or seeing a girl, like, the Monday before he came out there. And it's like, okay, but then she immediately was like, making out with three dudes like right after that the bachelorette was like it's like what it's it's all just super yeah i don't know it it's me we just all have to detach ourselves from any reality while watching it even though it's reality television
1: yeah well it's it's like you can't believe it but it's true Mm -hmm. um (laughs) wildness yeah so that show is interesting um feel very bad for these people Except the ones that get kicked off because it's probably for the best. The guys are dorks. Mm
0: -hmm, mm Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah. No, and then Jeremy and I were finding, like, like the, you know, I I don't know what you call it, like, worst moments or whatever. Like, we went on YouTube and we're looking for, like, the most obnoxious characters over the last, like, 15 years that they've had the show. Right. And, like, highlight reels. It's pretty funny. Like, these people... These are interesting people.
0: Um yeah, there's a yeah, it's they 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 do a nice job of keeping some of the characters around while knowing they have no chance, but they got to keep the show, you know. How much how much can we really sit there and watch people be like, you know, I'm really starting to maybe think I'm almost having some sort of feelings for this person maybe. Like every five minutes right so you know got to keep the characters around
1: yeah i always assume that like the producers are like okay you know these guys are staying no matter what and then you right. can fill the rest of the slots with people you actually want
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how i think it's done too like you got to keep these people and then yeah okay so we're Wild in agreement list. on
1: that yep yeah, trying to think of anything else exciting happened um Nope, not too much. Uh, you know, just hanging out. How's... Today's the feast of uh, St. Anthony of Lisbon.
0: Yeah, it is. More on that later, probably. Um, yeah, what else is in the news?
1: So, probably the most talented member of the Trump administration, Sarah Sanders. hmm Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the press secretary, is leading the administration.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, we said we weren't going to do politics anymore, but, you know, we have to honor a, you know, such a valiant, brave three and a half long year effort by Sarah Sanders.
1: I mean, yeah, like she was pretty much the MVP of the whole team. So um, and then there's rumors that she's going to run for governor governess. I guess it's still governor of uh, Mm -hmm. Arkansas. Right. So that'd be interesting. I mean, I'm sure she'd win because I think she's really popular there. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah. so I mean it's not technically politics as much as it's like personnel issues right Right. I guess
0: sure I don't know I don't know the inner workings
1: yeah I mean TBH I don't either Um, (laughs)
0: let's
1: see there was some big uh, dust ups controversy because in I think Italy the bishops uh, adjusted their translation of the our father right um which was approved by pope francis and then it's like the news didn't understand what happened and so people were thinking that there was a change to the the english translation
0: right we uh we were actually doing a full scale overhaul on the lord's prayer
1: yeah what right. were we calling it lord lord's prayer 2.0 <laughs> right our father 2.0
0: lord's prayer dot 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 this time it's personal
1: <laughs> okay right um so you know that's a uh interesting development um, but currently the English vernacular translation hasn't changed but, right I mean, so it was poison. just
0: the it was just the french the French translation did Italian. a few years okay. ago and then the mm-hmm. Italian one followed suit and it was not to like it wasn't to like change it to anything off base. It was actually, it's now I think more in line with what the English translation is, right? It's like an effort to make all the translations the same. Yeah, if that I mean, makes I sense.
1: I don't really know. I mean, I think that the, you know, the the Latin works and that one isn't changing. Um, but the thing with vernacular is that it, it changes by necessity. Um, so, you know, whereas with Latin, you, you know, you can have the wording not change for thousands of years mm-hmm. um, because of the way that language works. But, you know, with the vernacular, it necessarily has to be updated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I think that that's that you kind of if your preference is to pray in the vernacular, that you're kind of signing up to have it, you know, changed and rechanged um, periodically. And so, you know, I mean, I'd I'd say memorize the current one, but, you you know, you don't necessarily know when the next change is coming. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, but I I mean, again, that's, you know, that's kind of what you're signing up for if you uh, prefer to go with the vernacular. It's got to be it's got to be for in the moment. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Zach Mabry comes out as anti vernacular.
1: I'm, not, I mean, I'm just saying how it works. <laughs> okay,
0: good. Good. Yeah, it, uh, a few people were like, did you see the, to me, they're like, did you see the Our Father's going to change? And I was just like, uh, no. Sorry. But...
1: Sorry. Um, there was news about the Knights of Malta mm-hmm. are no longer able to have any of their official events uh, be the extraordinary form of the Roman Rite.
0: Right, and before we get all in a huff about this, please tell us why it might not be a huge deal.
1: So I spoke with some knights, and I, I did get a little bit of mixed answers from people. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, Latin masses for the Knights of Malta are pretty rare. They're the exception to the norm. Um, like, one of the knights I talked to has never even been aware of one that he could attend. Like, any in America right. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked a knight from the UK, and they said they are somewhat more common there,
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: you know, they're not thrilled about the announcement. But um, to be clear, the vast, vast, vast majority of Knights of Malta functions were already using the ordinary form. And so, you know, I, I, I wish that they were able to use Latin Mass, you know, more and more. But this isn't um, like a huge shakeup.
0: Yeah, so the I guess when I say it, it's not a big deal is that like it's it's it wasn't it wasn't happening a ton. Now, obviously, it's kind of a, it's a bummer because I it the the idea that it could happen and should happen should be there, right? Like, it, but still, it's not like it's not like this was a thing devoted purely to all Latin that's getting its faculty to do it ripped. So,
1: right. Well, the thing is, they could change their mind, or the next leadership could go a different direction, and so. You know, Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to see what happens. Um, the, one of the kind of explanations that was given was that it had to do with, um, you know, unity within the order. Um, I don't necessarily know what that means, but I would say that putting out a letter, kind of diving into the liturgical reform issues is probably not a good way to promote unity, uh, my thought on that but what is um, the best
0: way do we even know how to promote unity zach is that one of those things we just say and no one actually has any idea how to do it
1: i mean i don't think you can promote unity by um just like using your authority to enforce your side Mm -hmm. so i'm not saying that's it's bad to use your authority i mean this was the legitimate exercise of of his authority under Summorum pontificum. He he didn't violate church law. I think he sort of violated the spirit of what Pope Francis has allowed Mm -hmm. with the Latin mass. Uh, Right. But you know, that's not my call to make. Um, So, you know, if I were to go and say, we're going to ban the ordinary form uh, because I don't want people to debate the liturgy anymore. uh, I don't think that that would work. Right. Right. And so, you know, it's like, Delving into a hot button issue for the sake of unity seems kind of funny, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it, again, a lot of the people that jumped all over this didn't have all the facts. were not affiliated with the knights. The knights that I spoke to, even ones that that love the Latin Mass, um, we're not. You know, they're not. They're not leaving the knights. They're not. Um, you know, going to write angry letters. They're. You know, they're just going to go along. With the, the knights do really important work. Um, And so they're going to keep trucking along.
0: They're not going to get some academics to write a paper on their behalf about how Pope Francis is a heretic?
1: No. I think that's actually probably the biggest thing that that I caught from the whole Knights of Malta thing is how much these guys are just gentlemen. Because, I mean, you you just Mm -hmm. didn't see the nastiness that you often see when divisive issues come up. Right. You, You saw people offering it on their behalf. Yeah. But you didn't see the knights themselves. I mean, they they were decent. They're listening to their leader. Um, you know, I'm sure am sure some of them are sad. A lot of people, you know, love Latin Mass, the saints, and you know, a lot of people today. Um, so you know, it is a sad thing. But it's it's the rule now, and you know, they're they have important work, and they're going to continue doing that work.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 I like it. Uh, you talk about the idea of. Unifying the church, Zach. You know you know what person unified the church when he founded the Catholic Church, Zach?
1: Who? Uh
0: well who was it? Was, it? Who that it was uh, uh Jesus Christ and the the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, Zach.
1: Oh persons. So we had Sorry, I didn't persons. say,
0: yeah, sorry, I should have, I, I realized I said person when I should have said persons. Don't throw me in, don't throw me in material heretic jail.
1: Right, well, we we still don't have our diocesan prisons set up yet, and that's still being debated. <laughs> yeah. But when we get
0: them. When, we get yeah. Right. Um, okay, so, we just had Pentecost, and... We want. I know, like, it just happened, and we're recording this the week after it happened, so you're like, why are you doing this? But I, I thought we could chat a little bit about Pentecost, and especially the idea of speaking in tongues. Is so, that yeah,
1: a, that, we're talking... So, like, with Pentecost, we're kind of talking about the outpouring of the Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, charismatic gifts, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. So, just as an overview, some of the things... So, some of the things that happened on pentecost were uh founding of the catholic church right there were the 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 apostles then gained a perfect understanding of the deposit of faith so that was infused into them and they needed this because they needed to have a clear understanding about what they were going off to teach Mm -hmm. right Okay, so they also, the apostles had personal infallibility from that moment on for the same reason. Like, they had to understand what they were going to teach, and they had to teach it correctly. God gave them the things they needed to preach, teach, and protect. Uh, and basically, the, this, the, the deposit of faith, they got, they got the fear of the Lord. Like, they turned away from created things and towards God. Um. They got a. Right. Con- My
1: understanding is that according to tradition, um, the apostles who were present at Pentecost, they didn't ever sin again.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. So that, uh, let's see. I had the, I, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say next, actually. They got, it was oh, called. No, 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 that's fine. We, we you know, we, we didn't share notes. It's a confirmation in grace. So no more mortal sins and possibly no more venial sins. Because wow. this is because this is because the credibility of the church was up for like on the line, right? So the, this is the credibility of the church was about to be put, uh, you know, on full display. So they they had to basically couldn't yeah, take any couldn't, risks. Yeah, they couldn't take any risks. So yeah, This right. it, the
1: same reason when we talk about Saint Joseph being sinless. You know, the Holy mm-hmm. Family. There were three of them, right? And Joseph was going to be sleeping in the same tent with the Blessed Virgin Mary. There were no risks that could be taken so right. you know he was you know cleansed from original sin shortly after being conceived
0: mm-hmm. where am I at fortitude perfect confidence in preaching and the willingness to die for the faith um, as they as they ended up doing pretty much all of which them. and
1: you can you can see the change there because we know that they all died for the faith except for mm-hmm. St. John right um, because we have their bodies and we you know we know where they went and how it all happened and you know, how things played out. Um, but, you know, just weeks earlier, they were, you know, too afraid to show up for the crucifixion. And, you know, even after that, they were they locked themselves in the upper room. And, you know, I mean, you, you see this sudden change where they're no longer running away afraid. They're, you know, they're in it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In it to win it, as one mm-hmm. would say. Understanding... They grasped all the articles of the faith. So that's what we said earlier, just a perfect understanding that was infused. Knowledge to judge rightly what to teach and the meaning of that teaching. So the, the idea that they can understand exactly in that moment what they needed to do. And they, so they could explain the meaning of that teaching, right? You don't want people just going around just saying random things, just kind of like, you know, not understanding what they're doing. Oh, man, the dogs are getting crazy, Zach. Uh-oh. <laughs> I can't even hear them. I know. I'm putting it on mute while they get crazy. Oh. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm jostling a microphone, a mute button, and four dogs. This is great. I'm leaving all this in. Wisdom. 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 One, it's when one contemplates the things of God from God's perspective, sees God how God sees himself, how he truly is, and the means to him at the end. So it's, you know, that's wisdom. I like to think we have a lot of wisdom here. Uh, if, I, if, if I asked you right now to name the gifts of the Holy Spirit, could you? There's no. seven of them. Oh, no, no. Okay, wisdom... Understanding, knowledge, counsel, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. Those are those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that's Amazing. a little that's a little about that. But the, what we wanted to talk about is mainly is uh, speaking in tongues, Zach, because you, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you you come from a Protestant background. I'm sure people were jibber jabbering in tongues all the time wherever you went. You couldn't you, you you probably loved it. You couldn't get enough of them going around mumbo jumbo gibbering everywhere.
1: <laughs> I've never I never actually saw it in person because Methodists mm-hmm. uh, don't do that.
0: You know what they say, Zach? If you're sure. in a group of people and no one is speak and you don't see anyone speaking in tongues, you're the one speaking in tongues. Ooh, yeah. They don't say that. Okay, so speaking in tongues, it's a grace. Gratuitously given, that's what the notes say from the talk I listened to, which I will explain at the end who gave the talk. Grace gratuitously given. God gives this grace to whomever he wills, ordered towards the good of the church. Speaking in tongues is not ordered towards one's sanctification. It is not a sign of the person's holiness. It cannot be merited by prayer. Please do not pray for it. So, just to recap, if you you are speaking in tongues, if you have the legitimate gift of speaking in tongues, it does not mean that you are the holiest person. It means that there is a specific reason ordered towards the good of the church that God wants you to have this. And it is not... Ordered towards your sanctification. So you can have the gift of tongues and you can still damn yourself to hell, basically, right? So yeah, it's,
1: it's not something to make you holier or to draw you closer to God or to do, it's not it's, for you.
0: It's not a get out of jail free card. It's not an immediate path to sainthood and it's not a seven figure book deal. And it, I mean, it doesn't
1: mean you're in the state of grace.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um right. right. Yeah, that's a great. That. yeah. No, I mean no. It uh I guess maybe if it's if it's if it's not ordered towards one sanctification, I mean there is a you don't I guess you don't have to be in the state of grace because God can do what he wills, right? So it it yeah, but I guess
1: I, it's just it doesn't say uh, the key thing there is that it doesn't say anything about you if if you do have <laughs> that right.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh, you and you so speak in you tongues, how nice no, for you.
1: Right. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you just shouldn't... Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't mm-hmm. search for that.
0: Right. Um, okay, so... Uh, the uncontrolled desire to experience this phenomenon of speaking in tongues mm-hmm. basically... You know we love we love talking about demonic things here zach and that's exactly what can happen so if you if you if you have this just wild desire to do it who knows what you're inviting into your life and it actually could be demonic okay um now not all not all speaking in tongues is demonic but basically speaking in tongues is not talking in gibberish it's not like mumbling and it's not you know it's it's not doing anything misconstrued as like someone if you are speaking in tongues someone will be able to understand it right you're not going to like you're not going to it's not going to be you it's not going to be you and 20 people only speak who can only speak English and then you're going to start babbling in some language to like have this moment right there's no there's no purpose. I mean, there could be a, a greater purpose, but in that scenario, like, it's just, you know, that's kind of a sign that it's not, it's not happening. So what the apostles, there are two basically two parts to the gift of speaking in tongues that the apostles got. Mm-hmm. The grasp to speak the language at the level of their own native language so they knew exactly what they were saying. So however good they were, At speaking their own language, that's what they would be sufficient enough to speak the other language because they needed to, you know, they needed to understand what they were saying. What good is it if not even the person understands what's going on, right? Right. The other is the ability to speak in their own language, but others would hear it in their language so they can address entire crowds. So if they're speaking, if they were speaking to a crowd of 20,000 people and there were Fifteen different languages, then the apostles would just speak in their own native tongue, and it would be heard by the others in their native tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no honor to God to speak gibberish. Okay, so if there, if you're speaking gibberish and you're just mumbling about, there's no. In what possible way can that honor God? Right. When what possible way what can that honor the I'm church?
1: Like, well... Right, I mean, it's like, it, it seems like you're having a stroke. Like, I don't understand what's, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't really get that either. Right. What I, yeah.
0: So that's the main thing to, that's the main thing to think about. If this is not something that's done for your own sanctification, and it's done at large for the good of the church, then that, I, you know, it, if it's just kind of like a, random thing where you're like that's maybe the only time i do that on the podcast then that you have to like i mean what what good is it right there it and i mean you know sorry sorry were you gonna say something
1: um i thought well, I'd no i mean we're just gonna kind of continue along that well, i mean normally when this kind of stuff happens people go to some kind of meeting or event um you know Expecting and believing that something like this will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're surrounded by other people who are expecting and believing that something like this can happen. And that's where, at, you know, on a natural level, you know, group psychology comes into play. And, you know, group psychology is mm-hmm. a fascinating topic. It, it's how you get, you know, um, the French Revolution of people, you know, people guillotining each other I mean it's just how you get stuff that people wouldn't ever do nor like by themselves Mm -hmm. in a group crowd psychology all bets are off um and so father Dwight uh Longenecker actually has a blog post where he kind of talks through um things like speaking in tongues or being I don't know if you've heard of being slain with the spirit
0: huh Hmm. okay
1: so that's one where you faint like you become so overwhelmed that you faint and they tend to kind of go hand in hand um the but a big aspect of it is kind of the group psychology piece um because you know rational boundaries are broken um and it, it just kind of shifts you into a different state of mind um and so suddenly these things seem to just come forth you know that would be kind of the natural explanation if there were
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's that it uh there's a few things to remember about the the about Pentecost too is Pentecost only happened once. Uh any movements that claim to be a second Pentecost are blasphemous.
1: So, you know, this doesn't seem obvious, but it actually is if you think about it. So mm-hmm. when we talk about Pentecost as, you know, the, the earthly manifestation of, of the third person of the Holy Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the the earthly manifestation of the second person of the Holy Trinity was Christmas when when Jesus was born.
0: Wait, we have two. We have Christmas in July, Zach. We have two Christmases.
1: That's right. That's uh-huh. right. Okay, Christmas in
0: July. Right. Um. Keep going. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Actually, I have an old calendar, and the twenty fifth of every month is marked Little Christmas. And so I, I do think that there have been parts of the world where. Catholics have just done at least something special the 25th of every month Okay, yeah anyway um, so here's the thing if you look at some event any event and refer to it as you know like a second Pentecost or Mm -hmm. like another Pentecost it would just kind of be like looking at a person and saying that their birth was like another Christmas like wow um, Mm -hmm. you know Beyonce her being born was like christmas you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that just is you know blatantly blasphemous to like to actually say and think um and so when you when you do that with pentecost it's not really any different and so you know if
0: well it's you claiming you're claiming that it's like the rebirth yeah the rebirth of the church or like the the actual birth of the church like the you know we we hadn't gotten it right until this pentecost this this pentecost right. is serious
1: right and just you know on the basis of it, it being this manifestation of of god um you know you it, it's more obvious if you look at a, a different manifestation of god and compare it mm-hmm. you know um and that's where yeah if you refer to someone else's birth as like a second christmas Um, That seems more immediately blasphemous. Um, And so if you refer to any kind of event or experience or worship service or um, council or anything like that as a second Pentecost, um, you know, understand that that's kind of inherently blasphemous and then, you know, just don't do it.
0: It's like the, uh, it's like when sign, when like a place gets new management or like, have they have like a grand reopening under new management thing like that's their that's like their second Pentecost now for real now, this store is for real
1: wow um yeah and and that's the other thing you'll hear people say besides referring to things as like a second Pentecost is mm-hmm. you know we you know send us a, a new Pentecost or we need a new Pentecost or i mean again it's an event that only had to happen once because it happened perfectly um and so you know
0: zach pentecost uh vatican two is that a second pentecost no don't let the number two fool you
1: right there there is not and will never be a second pentecost and Mm -hmm. so um yes by virtue of not being the first pentecost uh, vatican two is certainly not a second pentecost and then Mm -hmm. obviously the first pentecost um you know after it the church began to grow and spread throughout the world, and um, you know, the disciples were willing to be martyred and had all these amazing effects. Yeah. You didn't see any positive effects from Vatican II, so it's safe to say, uh, you know, not a, not, a, not even a miniature Pentecostal <laughs> place there. Um, not even a slight, yeah.
0: Um, um,
1: I know, it's like you always kind of look for, like, what's one good thing that you could actually attribute to? And like there's literally nothing, but we, we don't have to go there. <laughs> it happened. We've moved on. It's you know 50 years later now we could just laugh at it
0: <laughs> okay all right uh yeah any more like you know I, when i when i'd say it the, earlier the stuff, the hard thing is is that again like i'm not
1: i'm not calling into question anybody's faith or their beliefs i'm uh-huh. you know i'm i'm concerned about the influence that certain strands of protestantism and and then to a certain extent you know new age religion have kind of crept into the church, but also confused people about what's going on. Right. I mean, I'm not trying to like play this card, but you know, I've had in my past, you know, issues with depression or this or that. And like, you know, I don't have these powerful, overwhelming, um, experiences. And if no one had ever told me that, you know, faith has nothing to do with emotions and worship has nothing to do with emotions, I probably would have ended up an atheist, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, you hear all these people who are like, I don't feel anything. I must not really believe. It's like, well, mm-hmm. believing is something that happens through hearing. Faith comes through hearing is what Scripture says. And then, you know, it's something with your intellect and will. So um, if, if you're somebody whose emotions don't necessarily sync up with, you know, loud music and lots of, you know, people touching you and all this kind of stuff that goes on at these types of meetings— Then you're likely to get confused, and so you know it just isn't. uh, You know, I I just think it isn't something to mess with.
0: Yeah, yeah. We any any emotion we feel obviously should be properly ordered. So it's it's not bad to feel something, but it if you're no,
1: yeah, no. I mean, our emotions are gifts from God. It's just, um, but if you're going since the fall of man, they they're just not they're always somewhat out of whack so you can't use them to make decisions
0: right well you're but you're just like your church your church attendance shouldn't be purely based on the fact that you walk out of there thinking it's beautiful every single time like it's okay to go to a mass and not think it's absolutely beautiful but you go because you know you that's what you need to do right like i'm not saying you should do that yeah. every week but it it's it's the perseverance of faith, even in times when you don't feel. There were saints who didn't feel anything for decades of their life, right? But they kept on doing it because they know that it was a correct thing to do.
1: Right. I mean, and I, I think that there is something beautiful about going to church when you don't want to. Going to mass on a Sunday that you don't want to go to mass. Sure. But you went anyway because you know the saints went, and our Lord went, and everybody. You know, I mean, well, he didn't, but you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it, it sort of shows you how you know, this is a relationship, and with any relationship, um, you don't wake up every day wanting to to give your all, whether it's, whether you're a spouse or a parent or whatever, um, you know, it, but you, you do it, I mean, you feed your kids the days that you don't want to, you know, it's not like you wake up thinking, oh, I just can't wait to spend an hour making dinner for my family, but, you know, you do it anyway mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the same thing goes for mass and then there's those times where you want to go and you can't wait to get to mass and you you know but it's I think there's something really endearing about you know the way that our faith you know the way that the church has always you know had mass attendance be um, you know an obligation. Um, sure you know because again, when, when we talk about having a personal relationship and um, all of that kind of language, um, whether we like that language or not, um, you know, personal relationships are supposed to still be there when you don't feel like it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you really want to have a personal relationship with God, then go to Mass when you don't want to.
0: I like it. I like that, Zach. You did You did good on that one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is going to be a tad bit shorter episode just because... Uh, you know, we got, we had stuff pop up and we have more stuff we need to attend to. So you want to just, do you have anything else you want to get to a quick saying of the week?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's, there's interesting stuff. Maybe, I don't know if we can do show notes for once, but there's a great talk by, uh, Father Ripperger about Pentecost. Oh
0: yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's where I got all these notes. So
1: yeah. And then Father Longenecker's blog, um, mm -hmm has has some stuff on this and um you know i mean it is worth delving into and and the holy spirit as the third person of the holy trinity he's got you know a lot to offer um and so it, it is a fantastic topic that you could just spend you know all this time delving into and you know pentecost being what it is the rest of the liturgical year is counted off by this you know the uh, your first sunday after pentecost second sunday after pentecost you know mm-hmm. um i think they're at most 26 sundays after pentecost but it's going to be the x sunday after pentecost until advent so um you know buckle up it'll buckle be, up it'll be a great year um and um i think that that pretty much covers it um you know, the charismatic stuff, similar to apparitions, they just aren't things that you you go looking for. Um, right. The legitimate cases of them, you know, are things that are confirmed by you know, bishops and eventually the pope. Um, and so, you know, you have to ha- kind of have a certain amount of skepticism at a minimum until mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in, in the event that you think that something has happened, like you've been... You know, given a message or um, felt something or had something. You know, you, you should you should simply go. You know, go to a church, drink confession, and tell the priest what it was, and talk to him about it um, in confession. And it, not because it's a sin, but just because that's that's just the right forum um, for these types of things. And so, you know, the flip side of that is if if you see somebody like on television wanting to tell you what. You know, God texted them yesterday. Um, It's safe to say that's fake. Um, None of the people who had legitimate apparitions ran around telling everybody. They went, you know, to their bishop or to their priest. Um, And also their lives were full of suffering. You know, St. Bernadette, the Fatima children, etc. What about that Um, show God
0: Friended Me on CBS? What? What about that show God Friended Me on CBS? Oh, that's right.
1: I was thinking it was God Texted Me. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, but you, you know, you do see people and and Catholics and I'm sure these are well-meaning people, but they've, you know, they, they've become convinced that God is speaking very specifically to them, something for the whole church. Um, and if he did that, it would, it would follow the path that it it has always followed. If you would tell a priest and you would tell a bishop and then you'd go from there, um, Mm -hmm. you, you wouldn't just run out on stage to tell everybody or, you know, go online or make a video or anything like that. So, um, I'm I'm very comfortable categorically dismissing anybody on YouTube telling you that God has spoken to them, um, because He wouldn't be telling them to make a YouTube video.
0: <sighs>
1: yeah. Boom, mic drop. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Sorry, I hate raining on parades, but that's one. It's just a dangerous one because people get wrapped up in this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's about the long and short of it.
1: Yep, you're going to lose your mind with this stuff. And speaking of losing things, Matt, do you have a saint of the week?
0: Oh, St. Anthony of Padua. Did I say that right? Padua? Padua? It's Lisbon, St. Anthony of Lisbon. Oh, yeah, him. Uh, Portuguese priest. Twitter kept reminding everyone that he's not Italian. What, Italian? What? Oh, sorry, what were you saying? He's not Italians, a, he's not Italian. He's he's Portuguese. Right, Portuguese. He moved to Italy. Uh, he that's where he died. He died in Italy. Uh, so you know he's uh, the patron saint of lost items. Saint Anthony. Saint Anthony. Look all around. Something is lost and cannot mm-hmm. be found. But here's some other facts about him. Born August fifteenth, eleven ninety five. He died June thirteenth, twelve thirty one. At the spectacular age of 35. Uh, he was canonized May 30th, 1232 by Pope Gregory the IX. So he was canonized less than a year after he died. I don't know if you knew that, Zach. No. Okay, his feast day is June 13th. His The major shrine is Basilica of St. Anthony of Padua, Italy. So here's some of the other things he's the patron saint of Lisbon lost items. As we said, but lost people and lost souls, American Indians, amputees, elderly people, faith in the blessed sacrament. That's a good one. Harvests, Hmm. horses, mariners, um, oppressed people, poor people, pregnant women, shipwrecks, swine herds, Hmm. starvation, Uh, travelers, runts of litters. That's a fun one. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so those are some of the other things he was... uh, Like Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I think that's the 20th episode in a row we've mentioned Ben Shapiro on this podcast. Uh, We need to get in on some of that money. Uh, He is a doctor of the church. He was proclaimed that by Pope Pius XII, in 1946, uh, he said that uh, the, let's see, what does he say? Attributing to him the evangelical doctor, since the freshness and beauty of the Gospels emerged from his writings. So wow. that's St. Anthony.
1: Amazing. And then what's the what's the prayer for when you lose something?
0: St. Anthony, St. Anthony, look all around. Something is lost and cannot be found.
1: Yeah, I'd always heard it was Tony, Tony,
0: but I'm assuming you should call St. Anthony. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tone. All right, well. I don't know. Zach, the dogs are getting wild and they're getting hungry, so I need to, uh, I need to get to feeding some dogs here, and uh, we'll uh, see everyone next week. Well will not see. Perfect. We'll talk at everyone next week. You got any final words? Yes,
1: we'll. Uh, you'll hear us next week.
0: All right, gang. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya.